The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he had disembarked and he saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. I spoke with Monsignor this morning. He sends his love and prayers and is grateful for your prayers during this quiet time where he gets a chance to go away and rest with the Lord. Today, St. Mark gives us one of the most amazing phrases in the entire Bible. His heart was moved. Jesus has a human heart and a divine heart. But he took the human heart on purpose so that he could be close to us, so that he could understand us, so that he could empathize with us. Jesus truly cares for us. He feels our needs and our struggles, oftentimes more deeply than we know ourselves. And he continually reaches out to lead us, to guide us, to be our light, to be our strength in times of weakness. When we accept these gifts that he offers, he's truly pleased with his children. But when we reject them, that human heart hurts. It's stung by our ingratitude. We see it when we look at the cross. This is the lesson of the sacred heart of Jesus, which has, through the centuries, confided its sorrows to certain chosen souls, like St. Gertrude and St. Margaret. When we're dealing with Jesus Christ, we're not dealing with an idea 
but rather a person, not a concept or a a philosophical idea. We are dealing with an unmoved mover who chose to become man. To be present, the Logos, in our time at Calvary and at the altar. In Christ, God has become man like us in all things but sin. Through the Holy Spirit and the church, he extends his friendship to us so that someday, when that time is right according to his time, we may enjoy his company perpetually in heaven, our goal. We know this, but how deeply do we believe it, practice it, and make it part of our daily thoughts? Not deeply enough. And that's why the church constantly reminds all of us that God urgently desires our friendship with him every moment. Every human being desires to live in communion with God. Only those who find Christ get to live out that communion in the form of a real human friendship that he extends. We hear in the first reading about shepherds who did not shepherd their people rightly, but that God would raise up from David's line a shoot, an eternal priest, Christ himself, that would gather the remnant and bring it back to his father. In the first reading, the prophet is complaining about priests and leaders of Israel in the Old Testament. Their whole mission, their whole purpose was to communicate to God's people this passionate and real interest that God has in our lives. But those priests and leaders were so self-centered that they failed in their mission. They plundered and scandalized the people they were called to protect and to serve. You have not cared for my sheep, the prophet says, but I will take care to punish your evil deeds. God is not indifferent to these self-centered priests because he cares about his people. He cares so much, in fact, that he finds the radical solution to care for his people. He can't depend on these priests and leaders who keep rebelling against him, so he does the job himself. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock. I will raise up a righteous shoot to David, a king who will reign and govern wisely. This is the prophecy about Jesus Christ who is to come. God himself, who comes to dwell among us and to reveal the incredible depths of God's mercy and his concern for us. And then God goes on to promise that he will appoint new shepherds who are dependable. These are the priests of the New Testament. This is the sacrament of holy orders. 
they will be charged with administering the sacraments as the way of keeping the flock nourished and together with one voice, with one teaching. But even these priests fall into selfishness, mediocrity, and even sinful rebellion. But the sacraments still stand. Even if a New Testament priest is in mortal sin, God still sends his grace to his people through the sacraments that the priest celebrates. As Pope Benedict XVI writes, the efficacy of the ministry is independent of the holiness of the minister. Thanks be to God. Of course, that's no excuse for us priests to be mediocre and sinful, but God's faithfulness doesn't depend on our faithfulness. God's faithfulness is independent of us. He is always ready to extend his mercy, to lift us out of darkness and despair, to strengthen us, and to lead us to our true home. So in spite of themselves, priests of Jesus Christ are, though God's providence and power, dependable channels through which God continues to pour out his saving grace. That's how much he cares for us. I'm pleased to acknowledge today, and in that line of speaking about the priesthood, that we have seminarians in our midst. We have two seminarians, Andres and Byron, from Colombia, and Nikolai, who is vested. We also have a religious with us from Belmont Abbey, Brother Columban. And to see these vocations in the midst and the heart of the church is a reminder of how much God loves us and how much he desires to come after us. Our hearts in seeing this and hearing this should be strengthened as a reminder that Jesus hasn't abandoned us and he will never abandon us. We are precious to him, his valued friends and his fellow soldiers. The battles that each one of us will have to fight this coming week, even if they seem small in our eyes, are big in Christ's eyes. Just as any struggle that may seem small to a child is big in their parents' eyes. We matter to him. And because of that, we will never fight alone. All around us are people who are just doing that. Fighting for God's kingdom. Bringing light into the darkness. They are fighting to build a meaningful, fruitful life. But some try to do it alone full of much fear and frustration. They are the sheep without a shepherd. And maybe they've been wounded and frustrated by mistakes of false shepherds. Who will lead them a hand of encouragement, if not us? We who are constantly being encouraged by the eternal and infinite wise shepherd, who will tell them about the Savior, the friend, so that they do not walk alone. We are his messengers. Today, he gives us his word 
and his flesh, which becomes present to us in our time to feed us and nourish us so that we may encourage others, so that we may be instruments of his mercy to help him in his mission of bringing his remnant together for his Father. But if we keep that message to ourselves, we will be no better than the selfish shepherds from the first reading. In a few moments, Jesus will renew his commitment to us, feeding us with his very flesh, the bread of life, the Eucharist. When we receive him into our hearts, let's thank him for his interest in us and renew our pledge to stay always actively interested in him and in building his kingdom. Almighty Father, we, your children, turn to you for your mercy and love. We pray for the church throughout the world, for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for our Bishop Luis, for all of our priests and deacons. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our nation, for its leaders, justices, legislators, for our citizens. We pray that each human life may be valued, but especially the protection of the unborn and of the elderly, that our nation may continue to assist its people in growing in virtue. We pray to the Lord. Father, we commend to you the sick, those who carry in their bodies a sharing in your Son's passion, that they may be open to receive his healing grace and surrounded by your faithful people. We pray to the Lord. We pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life, to the consecrated life, and the state of holy matrimony. For those pledged to single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Almighty Father, we commend to you the faithful departed, our family members and friends who have gone before us and await the kingdom. We especially commend to you, Lord, those who are forgotten and have no one praying for them. By our poor prayers, Lord, welcome them into your heavenly kingdom, for we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.